Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special pop-up of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sister. I'm Christy Brower, and I am your host today. Today is a quick pop-up to talk about the 48 Hours interview with Chad Daybell's children. My apologies for my tardiness. I said I was going to do this last night. I couldn't watch the interview until today because I have Paramount on streaming, uh, not as a live channel. So anyway, I wasn't able to watch it until now. So I wanted to get on and talk to you a little bit about that. If you are listening live, welcome. Come join me in the chat. If you're listening after the fact, welcome. It's nice to have you here. I just finished watching the entire interview of the Daybell children on 48 Hours. And of course, this is in relation to the murders of Tammy Daybell, J.J. Vallow, and Tylee Ryan. We talk about this case all the time because it is local to us. It happened in the town where Katie lives and where I grew up. We grew up there. And so we are um, very familiar with the community, the culture, um, the legal system here. And so we do like to, you know, give our two cents on this case because, you know, Eastern Idaho is its own little place, as, as I'm sure you all feel about where you live. And so we like to share what things are like here um, to help give perspective on this case. So this is the first interview of these five kids together. And I wouldn't really call it an interview of all five kids because uh, two of Chad's children, Tammy, his children really, um, did most of the talking. That's Emma and Garth. We did hear a little bit from Leah and the other two boys spoke very little bit, but it seemed that Emma was the spokesperson for the family. This was an opportunity for them to come forward and defend their father. And that's very clearly what they were trying to do. The hard part is that the evidence is so very damning against their dad that even they admitted that it appears terrible, but they don't believe that he had any involvement in the death of their mother or of Lori Vallow's two children, Tylee and JJ. Some interesting things came out of this interview. One is that Garth says that law enforcement told him that his mother had been asphyxiated. Uh, the kids did sort of say that that to them doesn't mean that she was murdered. However, um, you know, they did kind of go along with the same narrative that their dad had been giving, that she had been in failing health lately. There's no medical evidence for that at all. She hadn't been to the doctor. She was training to run a half marathon at the time of her death. Like, there's nothing to indicate that that's actually true. She was 49 years old and in good health. And so, you know, I mean, everything that they did was... I feel like exactly what a defense attorney would have prompted them to do to try to assist their father. They came together as a united front. All five of them were present. So it appears as though all five of them believe that he is innocent. They 
had sometimes some explanations for the things that happened, but some pretty weak explanations for the things that had happened. Something that I'm finding really interesting is that Garth Daybell was living with his parents when his mother died. And there are now three different stories out there from Garth uh, about what happened when his mother died or from Garth and about Garth. So the first story that we heard in this community when Tammy Daybell passed away is that he was working. And yeah, yeah, Emma absolutely parroted what Chad said about Tammy's health. Paula, you're absolutely right on that. But the first story was that he was working at a haunted house or, you know, some kind of a Halloween event. And he was called by his dad uh, to come home immediately. There was an emergency. That was the first story we heard. Then we heard a story, and this was going around on Reddit, that there was a conversation that had been recorded with Garth, where he said that his mother died on the couch. And he picked her up and carried her to her bed. And there were some questions about why would he do that? Why would he move her? Um, The story that he told in this interview is that he was in another room. He heard a thump and his dad yelled for him and he came running into the bedroom and his mother was hanging half off the bed and that he picked her up and put her back on the bed and told his dad that he believed she was dead. A um, lot of inconsistency there. And that concerns me a lot, honestly, for what really happened to Tammy and what maybe does Garth know? And why are these different stories out there? Why why has it changed? That's, that's one thing that I found interesting that I really questioned. Um, throughout the entire thing, they basically just said, this cannot be true because our dad wouldn't do it. Our dad would never do that. He would never kill anyone. He would never do this or that. And that's not a defense, unfortunately. Of course, it's the way that you would feel about your dad. You know, if you had a positive relationship with your father and then he's accused of killing someone, of course, you're going to say, well, he's always good to me. So I don't think he would kill anyone. That's not a defense, though, because that isn't evidence. And there's a lot of evidence against Chad, as we know. Um, When asked if he didn't participate in the deaths of the children, how did their bodies get buried on his property? Because, you know, that's a big question for all of us. One thing to know is that Chad was working as a writer and running his own publishing company and working from home. So it's not like he was gone to work for long periods of time during the day. He was home a lot. And so somebody snuck in and buried the bodies of two children, maybe dismembered Tylee and burned her body before before, uh, burying it without him knowing. That doesn't make any sense. What they said, what Emma said, is that he's been framed and that he was framed by Lori Vallow and her brother, Alex Cox, who is now dead, conveniently. Uh, He cannot uh, defend himself nor say what his role in all of this was, although we know he had a significant one. They also said that their dad would not be so dumb as to bury these kids in his own backyard. And Emma pointed out all the farm ground and the river and everything around where the the house is and that he would definitely have just buried if he had done this he would have buried them somewhere else eh, 
you know, you don't know what people are doing in the in a moment of panic, right? The other defense that they had is that their dad actually worked as a grave digger in Springfield, Utah, and that he knew how to bury bodies at the right depth and, you know, all the rules around that. And that these were shallow graves and not buried correctly. And that their dad would never have done, never have done it that way because he knew how to bury bodies. Um, not exactly what I would call a defense. Uh, basically, bottom line is that they want everyone to believe that Lori uh, and Alex did these terrible things. They don't know. They they believe their mother died of natural causes. Somehow she of natural causes was asphyxiated. You know, that is a term that you hear in murders, right? Right. Oh, yeah, Carmen, it looked like Emma was unsuccessfully trying to cry when she was standing outside where the kids were buried. Yes, her affect was very strange. Um, just as a social worker, she appeared to me to be on a medication that maybe was flattening her a bit and, and making her speech a little slow. Um, probably, you know, I don't know, an anxiety medication or something, but that's how it appeared to me. But yes, she did try to drum up some tears when talking, when she was walking the interviewer around in the backyard, showing them where um, the children's bodies were buried. Really strange. Um, Paula says he wouldn't bury them where there was a possibility of someone else digging there. Right. You don't bury bodies on farm ground because farmers dig there, you know. Brenda says, I feel Chad owes his kids the truth. Doesn't he, though? Doesn't he? Because, you know, in spite of all of this, I have great empathy for them. And if your dad was up for first degree murder and you were asked to go and be interviewed and say you think he didn't do it, you'd probably do it, right? You know, you don't want your dad to go to prison. You don't want your dad to be a murderer. It's very easy to fall into... I don't want it to be true, therefore it isn't. But it was pretty delusional stuff. There were a lot of things they had no explanation for. Um, when asked if they believed that Chad had an affair with Lori, because we know they met somewhere around 2018, more than a year before all of this happened, and other people have indicated that they were in fact having an affair. Um, Emma indicated that it was an emotional affair, but that he seemed to think that it wasn't wrong because he had not had sex with her, which we don't know if that's true or not. But we certainly know that they were having an affair and, and involved with one another. So they blame all of this on Lori. Um, even though when we look at um, all of the talk about dark spirits and people becoming zombies and all that stuff, those beliefs originated from Chad. There's all kinds of documentation and paper trail behind that. That stuff came from him. He didn't get that from Lori. Lori got that from him. There's all kinds of emails and text messages and stuff like that that's in the um, digital part of this investigation that show that those things came from Chad. And so they want they wanted to try to put it across that Chad is the victim here and that he was sucked in and fooled by Lori and uh, Alex. But it doesn't 
it didn't come across that way to me at all. It just came across to me as people who are desperate, who don't want any of this to be true because their dad literally destroyed their family, first of all, by murdering their mother, then finding out about the murders of these children. They're buried on the property of their family home. They found out their dad was having an affair with this other woman. She, he marries her two weeks after their mother's death. I mean, it's it's horrifying. It's all very horrifying. But unfortunately, they don't have anything that exonerates their dad other than we don't think he did it. It was sad, honestly, and, and pretty laughable, really. Um the way that it all kind of played out in this interview. And, you know, the interviewer said many times, you know, the, the evidence looks bad. And Emma many times said, well, from the outside, I would feel the same way. But because it's my dad, I can't see it that way. And it, of course you can't, you know, the, the, this is why their opinion doesn't matter in this case, because who would want this to be true about their own father? You know, nobody, nobody would want this to be true about their own father. But, you know, did they sway anybody? No, I don't think so. It, it was just kind of sad. And giving some alternative um, facts or al alternative theories really about what happened, none of them really hold water or make any sense. You know, and, and the interviewer asked him at one point, how could all of this be going on around your dad and he not know about it? You know, how? And they just, they didn't know. Ah, Space Yogurt Lord, I, I like your name. Uh, Garth Daybell was my geology teacher when this happened. He claimed Tammy died of natural causes. Yeah. You know, they really believed that. And, and maybe they just really wanted to believe it when she died. They opted not to do an autopsy, as you probably know. Uh, that was later, you know, determined to be a poor choice on the part of uh, the police because when all of this other stuff starts happening, they get suspicious. And the results of that autopsy have not been released. They are part of this murder investigation. And we don't know if asphyxiation is actually true. We, all we know is that Garth says that law enforcement told him that. We don't know if that's actually right. Um, I would challenge you to indicate how someone can asphyxiate on their own other than an allergic reaction, uh, which they had determined she didn't have. You know, you don't just asphyxiate. You know, and usually that someone does that to you, that there's some sort of um, outside presence that stops your ability to breathe. You know, it could be a pillow over the face or hands around the neck, a weight to the chest, those kinds of things. Um, so we'll see. I don't think that we'll know until the murder trial uh, what that actually says. And we don't know if that's the case, if that's how she died. We know that she had pink foam um, coming from her mouth. Um, that can indicate a lot of different things. Uh, we also know that that pink foam was coming from Alex's mouth when he died. And there's lots of questions around how did Alex die and, you know, how convenient it was for him, for him to 
die after these three deaths occurred so that he could not speak, you know, about what happened. So it was interesting to hear from them because they have been very silent. I have a lot of empathy for them because they are trying to live their lives being the children of this man who is internationally known now as having participated, um, you know, allegedly participated in the deaths of his wife and these children. And, you know, they talked about being threatened. Emma said that she has received Facebook messages where her son was threatened and, you know, two of them are teachers locally. And I, I can't imagine it's, it's gotta be terrible for them. And I don't know if put in the same position and it was my dad, if I would do any different, really, you know, you just want to try to help. And this felt very, um, a lot of what Emma said felt scripted to me. Like she had been told when you're asked this, say this. Uh, she also said a lot of things that sounded like her dad, you know, so it was interesting. Um, it gives us another look, another facet into this case. Certainly doesn't indicate to me that there's really anything in the defense's uh, repertoire that's going to stand up. You know, thinking that he, you know, if he'd done it, he would have buried them somewhere else or buried them a different way isn't evidence at all. The bodies were buried on his property. And, uh, you know, they proved that Alex was there with cell phone pings. I assume they will also be able to prove that Chad was there with cell phone pings. pings. We haven't seen that. We've only seen Alex's, but uh, we're, I, we're, there's so much more to come in this case. But I mean, ultimately I came out of it with, eh, they said pretty much what I expected them to say. Uh, curious why there are there's more than one story about Garth and his actions and experience when his mother died. That is strange. And curious to know if the asphyxiation uh, narrative is actually true. So those are all things we're going to watch for. And ultimately what I came out of this with is some empathy for them because they didn't kill anybody and their dad blew up their whole family. I can't imagine what it must feel like. If Chad was framed by Lori and Alex, why doesn't he turn on them? Yeah, there's a lot of questions there. And there are a lot of questions about what's going to actually happen when it comes to pretrial conference for these cases. Is he going to plead guilty to some of them? Or is he actually going to take this to a trial? Because it'll be the trial of the century if he does, you guys. I just, I'm not sure why he would at this point. If this is all they've got, and of course it's not, but you know. There's nothing here that I heard today that indicates that he didn't do it. So I appreciate you tuning in. We will be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. And I have a very special guest uh, co-host, my wife, Rhonda, who is one of the original Psychic Sisters. She's going to be here and we're going to talk about empathy overload. And if you are an empath and really feeling it, there's so much going on in the world right now. And if you're just feeling buried by all of it, we're going to talk about 
what to do uh, with that. Rhonda is a counselor, so she talks about things from um, a mental health perspective. I'm going to talk about it from an energy perspective. Rhonda is also an energy healer and psychic as well. So we're going to hit it from a bunch of different angles. I think it will be very helpful. And I just want to encourage you to check out our cases for this week. Uh, I do. We will not have any pop-ups this weekend because we're going to be heading out of town. But I do want to encourage you to watch for new shows coming up next week. So thank you very much for joining me today. And you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here.